Good evening and welcome to Open Air with Sherry Huber. And good evening, Sherry. Good evening, Michael. Great to be practicing today. A great day for practice. Yes, yes. And I have an announcement here. All right. It is our tradition to end one year how we hope to be for the coming year. So mark your calendars for our second annual virtual New Year's retreat with Sangha, Saturday, December 31 to Monday, January 2nd. Registration details are coming soon. It's going to be good. Going to be good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And always is, isn't it, Michael? Yes. Yeah, practice Mm. is very reliable to me. It's like a it's like a rock, you know, something I can count on when everything else is falling apart. Yes, (laughs) yeah, and it and it'll always uh, it'll always bring us back to ourselves. Yes, right. That's uh, to ourself. I guess we'd be a better better English, but you know what I mean. Yes, yes, I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And for this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to talk with Sherry, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And the conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Sherry, I think we're ready here. All right. Thank you. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is V, and this is my first time um, on the open air with Sherry. I'm quite excited. It feels a little bit like instant karma. I was. Well, uh, but, uh, hang on just one second. You're. You're, you sound a little bit far away for me. Michael, you too, or are you hearing okay? Uh, I'm hearing okay. Can you hear me, Sherry? Okay. I, I hear you very, very loud and clear. So, all right, I'm going to turn my phone up to hear the caller. And tell me your name again, please. My name is V. Uh, my name is Violetta, but I go by V. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very excited to be here because uh, I just picked up one of your books yesterday, and now I'm talking to you, and it feels like instant <laughs> karma a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, which that, book? Uh, which book did you get? Which book I did have you get? many. I have many, but last night I reached for the depression book. And ah. And I went, I, I, I do not feel depressed, but that's the thing that you're addressing in the book. You know, how do you feel, not what do you mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> and I got a big orange, not a marker, but, you know, big orange pencil. And I'm, I'm really having a good time with the, with the book, like really feeling the book. So I'm thankful. I'm really grateful for that. And uh-huh question that I wanted to ask is about this um, emptiness that mm-hmm. we fear approaching. Now, you are getting that I'm a thinking person, right? So I, I, I understand that the resistance 
is the troubling, uh, the troubling thing. But um, there is a little bit of I, I have a I have a instant wall that comes up when um, the question of you know um, emptiness and a whole of or in in the identity. Um, actually, the passage that I'm looking at is the following. Um, and even though this notion of ending the depression sounds very appealing, to a part of us it feels like death. It leaves a hole in our identity, an empty space that usually feels unbearably uncomfortable. And uh, mm -hmm. making peace with emptiness, becoming friends with spaciousness, requires great courage and my mm -hmm. orange marker went all over the place you know like I really <laughs> unbearably uncomfortable with emptiness and spaciousness and courage I couldn't even comprehend could you talk about that I mean could you talk yeah. about emptiness and spaciousness you know there's a there's a poem there's a quote oh shoot um, it, there there are many and the one that I'm I'm thinking about right now is uh, this this person who is saying uh, kind of uh, poking a little fun at uh, at people who want to spend an eternity in heaven who can't stand a quiet afternoon. <laughs> okay, so one of the great uh, uh, fears for people for for many people one of the great controlling uh, factors for for ego is boredom so people will be very upset about whatever it is and then they talk with somebody like me who talks to them about letting go of whatever that is that's upsetting letting go of all of that strong emotion and very often the person will come back with but that sounds so boring mm. So for ego, it's, ego has to have attention, right? It, it's imaginary. It's a conversation. It's, it's made up. It, it, it makes up stuff for us to focus on so that we'll get into conversation with it, so that we'll relate to it, so that it seems to be real. Okay? And so the, the prospect of not having anything there, the, the, the word that covers that is boring, and, and boring is identified as a just horrible thing, even though all it is is there's nothing going on. Right? There's nothing interesting. There's nothing to be engaged with. That's, that's what boring is. Yeah? And so it's pointing in that direction of this, the kind of spaciousness that's there when we don't have the usual thing to think about, to worry about, to be upset about. So if we bring it to something like, are you with me so far? Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Okay. They don't want to feel it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to have that experience. Right. And, and do you know why? 
I'm scared you? of something. Yeah, I'm scared of something. Okay, and th- and that something is. Uh, well, it's along the lines of I think you addressed that in the book as well. Is like you know, if it's better to worry a little bit than not to worry at all. Because if I don't worry at all, then it's going to slam me. Really, the devil will get you. Yeah. Right. So worrying <laughs> is keeping the devil at bay. It's like, uh, yeah. So if I'm just um, not not worrying about anything, then I'm not really on guard. I'm not really paying attention. So something can sneak up and it can get me. Yes. Like that? Yes. Yeah. And so the, the fascinating part about that is the assumption that if we're not in conditioned mind doing what it tells us to do, worrying, thinking, figuring out, anticipating, you know, all of those kinds of things, we're going to be brain dead. Mm. But there's an alternative to being up there with ego all the time, and that is awareness. So we can actually be here, present in our lives, in the moment where we're actually living, which is a much safer place to be than worrying about a bunch of imaginary stuff that isn't actually going on. So what happens with a lot of people is that stuff gets them in, in the present because they're not paying attention because they're off thinking about the future. All right. So it's the person who is, you know, in their head worrying about something, you know, how are they going to get the money for the ha-ha or how, do, how are they going to address that conversation with so-and-so and walk out in front of a bus? Right. I think I've, I've been worrying for so long that right now it's just like a, 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 solid, a solid stone that sits in, you know, on one part of my brain or on one side of my heart. And I, I don't even I don't even experience it as you know anxiety or a fear. It's just like it's good for it to be there because what the heck do I do? And that's why the the the, the passage about emptiness and spaciousness was you know kind of so jarring to me. Alarming. To have, yeah, very worrying. I have to have that like I have to have that. It's mine. I can't let go of, of, of part of me. Well, and that, and there, you just said it, okay? That was ego speaking. Yeah. It's mine. I yeah. can't let go of it. Yeah. Yeah? So our, our heart would never say something like that, right? The authentic being wouldn't say something like that. But ego certainly would. It's mine. It's mine. I can't let go of it. I'm not going to let go of it. You can't take it away from me. It's mine. So then talk about love and compassion, self-compassion, because, you know, I hate the stone on, on my brain, and I hate that, but it's mine, right? But I can't, I, I don't know how to have a compassion to something that is not there, you know, I, like I can relate to my depression because I learned that 
But I don't know how mm-hmm. to pay, what to pay attention in order to love myself. Well, well, who, who is the person who experiences the depression? It's me. Okay. Y- you describe the you who experiences the depression. Um, you know, I'm a strong, capable person who uh, has been through many stressful experiences and learned to, you know, bootstrap, her, bootstrap herself and pull herself together to, to address everything that comes her way. Um, and now huge uncertainties. Um, um, okay. Let me, of, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Mm-hmm. She sounds like quite an admirable person. Uh, okay. She's strong. She's capable. She's been through a lot. Whatever happened, she's been able to rise to the occasion. She's made it through. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and so that's someone a person could admire. Um. The, no, <laughs> because you can't admire yeah. somebody for surviving. You know, it's like. Um, you know, it's sink or swim, so I managed to swim, so there's no admiration. Okay, now, 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 can you hear yourself backing off? <laughs> no. The, per- the person that you just described to me is, <laughs> empirically speaking, admirable. Right? She's, she's, she's a strong, capable person who's been through a lot and whatever came her way, she was able to face it and make it through. And then when I attempt to get you to uh, realize that, to express that, there's a back Well, yeah, but I mean, no, no. That's the relationship that we're up against. So there's the authentic human being. She's the one who is strong and capable and shows up and does what needs to be done and makes it through. Okay? Then there's ego. There's ego who says, oh, she's not that swell. I mean, yeah, no, no. Yeah? Yeah. Can you get a sense of that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm keeping a big distance, right? I mean, I, I am keeping a huge distance. Like, good thing I'm not on camera. You would be hearing me. You would be seeing me rolling my eyes. You know, not, not. <laughs> Yes, and, and I'll give you the hard truth about that, okay? <laughs> it's because you're identified with ego. And ego does not want that person, that authentic human being, to be seen for what she is. Because if she is seen for what she authentically is, she will be admired, respected. She will be loved. She will be someone worthy of compassion and understanding and support. And ego doesn't want any of that to happen. Okay. 
I mean, I don't know why. What? Wh why would ego want everything for for itself? You know. Because, because the I am now your ego, and you are mine. So it's it's either, I will. Either, yeah. So it's either or. I, yeah. That's right. I will control you. You will listen to me. You will do what I say. You'll feel bad when I make you feel bad. You will suffer over what I tell you to suffer over. You will worry and be anxious because I will make you worried and anxious and you will give all of your attention to me. Yeah. And that's where most people live. Yeah. I think okay. I think it's very you know, it's very relevant, inspiring, and it really hits the spot when you when you say that depression at the very beginning you say that depression is not the problem itself. The process of depressing is the problem. So we're talking about the yes. process here. We're talking about this play. That's right. Play between That's right. the true self and ego and who is going to win and why and how and that these are the questions. You know, the, I'm in the process. And and yeah. even if I zoom out and you know I don't want to tell you about the circumstances because it's not that relevant. But actually, I regardless I think or I feel I I am not depressed. I'm kind of deciding whether to get to be depressed because I have a huge well. Here's 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 my encouragement. Here's yeah. my encouragement, and that is to go back and focus on that woman who is showing up for life in spite of what those voices of ego want to do to her. And give her the attention. Encourage her. Do you have a recording and listening practice? Um, used to. Not, again. Not, not, not right now. Well, get, it, get, get that recorder out again, okay? And let her talk to the mentor and get some support. Get some encouragement. Get somebody on her side. Okay? Turn your attention to that. Focus on that. And then see where you are. Nice. Okay? Then you, and then let me know. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, it is about... It is about engaging with the process in terms of not, not, not doing it, but kind of undoing it. Not solving it, but like letting it, letting it re dissolve, letting it dissolve. That's right. Because, because ego demands attention. And so all of our attention goes to ego. What, what we have to worry about and think about and do and all of that sort of thing. When that falls away, the problems fall away. All of our problems only exist in the mind and the mind is only there to support the ego. So, yes. I mean, All right. I, you know, Off I, she goes I wouldn't and, believe but, it had I not experienced it. I, I know what you're That's right. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> that's like, exactly it. I know what you're yes. talking about. I'm now just dealing yes. with resistance and persistence. Yep. 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 So you know the answer. You know what needs to be done. You know your direction, and then it's just um, going up against the ego resistance and doing yeah. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's a worthy path. Thank you, for, thank, you for, thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you, you are for hearing me. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Lovely talking with you. Yeah. Take I, good care. 
Yeah, there is, a, there is one more passage that I'm going to read. It says, you suggest that the main reason for the change is that someone is putting interested, kind, caring, supportive time and energy into you. And that's, that's what right. we want more than anything. So the fact that that's by putting exactly. interested, kind, caring, supportive time and energy into myself, I can, I can do the change is like, I can do that. <laughs> that's right that's right that is exactly right i can do that yeah that's manageable that is not beyond my skill set yeah, i can do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you sherry right. take good care of me bye-bye thanks for joining us v and sherry i love that bit about supporting and loving the human who keeps showing up who yeah. shows up for life who participates in spite of yeah. the conditioning and self-hatred. It's very inspiring. In spite of, in spite of that, that negative voice that most everybody lives with, is and people still show up. It's, it's heroic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And Sherry, one housekeeping item. I just want to encourage people to identify themselves if they're in the queue. Um, just like it was mentioned on the morning show also, if there's no name there, then it's, you know, harder to know who it is, and we'd love to hear from as many people as possible. Yeah, good. Thank you for that, Michael. Yeah, thank you. And Sherry, we're going to go to Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for Good News Update. Thank you, Michael. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Sandy, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in the process mapping workshop. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for being with us. So the workshop was a two-part series um, leading up to, uh, we've been talking so much about process mapping in various forms, forums in practice, and then we had a workshop, a two-Sunday workshop, um, getting to walk through the process and look at how to apply it to our daily lives. So we thought it would be fun to get to hear about your experience directly. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, I, um, I was looking at a process around um, what happens in what I project as a conflict or what I project as someone speaking critically to me. And what, what was interesting in doing the process map, and I don't know, Jen, should I begin by talking at all about the process mapping, like what that is, or should I just go into my experience? Absolutely, yeah. You know, we don't need to go into the minute detail of what a process map is, but I think the context of what is the tool of process mapping would be great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, it, in my experience, the the work of process mapping is to take um, to break down our experience of um, of a process or a, a situation and break it down by the thoughts we think and the emotions we feel and the sensations that we experience and to kind of to bring that together to write each of those discrete experiences on a sticky note and then to, to bring them together 
Um, I just put them on my wall. I suppose you could do it on a piece of paper as well. And <laughs> the and it's, it's exactly. It seems Sorry, like go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it seems like it could be a linear sequence, but mine always seem to be circular, like it, a process uh -huh. conditioned loop that, at like being in yes. the humble in the dryer machine of, of ego, it just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say, Sandy. But essentially, it's a tool to give us that step back from instead of constantly being in these stories that we believe and that's really true and that's really me and I really am that way and they really are that way and there's no way out of this, it's a tool to step back and see, wow, that's just a suffering process that keeps happening over and over and over. Yes, yes. And so, so yeah, so I took a look at this experience of uh, what I project as conflict and you know, I, I feel like there's always this conditioned kind of temptation to be like, oh, I know this process. Like, I obsess about this all the time. I know. Why do I need to or whatever? I know what it is. But um, as, I, as I went through and, and kind of proceeded with the class and just went step by step, um, and what was new to me in the class this time was including, em like, emotions and then especially, especially, like, physical sensations into the there was this belief that I'd had that sort of like physical sensations are basically and emotions are sort of like the facts, like they're like real and true and then the thoughts are maybe like more discretionary or like maybe ego is getting involved there mm -hmm. not a level of sensation, especially immediate sensation, mm -hmm. but it, it's been fun to explore like is that so or to put the sensations on the map along with the thoughts and what, what, well, and oh, go ahead. Sorry, Sandy. <laughs> I was just going to say it's so helpful what you said because before you just started talking about sort of those new levels that you got to see in the workshop, I forget exactly how you said it, but something like, well, I, I've seen this before. I mean, I know this process. And so that's so perfect because that goes on the map, doesn't it? That's just another piece of the process to get us not to look, especially after we practice for a while. Right? Because if we stay with it, we're going to see all of it. Nothing holds up under scrutiny. So the whole thing is there's no longer going to be suffering there. So that's so perfect that the voice would say, no, I know all about this. I'm not going to look anymore. You did anyway, and you got to see so, much, so many more layers about how it works. It's true. Yeah, that's a powerful one. The, like, I already get this. Um, yeah. I already know. And um, yep. what... What struck me as I was going through the workshop was, um, you know, so I, I put on these kind of reactions to projected criticism of like, you know, like fear or shame or anger and then kind of like all the different ways that like, like I'm bad or I need to manage the sensation or some, or I don't know, I need to manage the situation. Uh -huh. What I hadn't seen before was how there like these, these sensations arose, this kind of discomfort, which was getting labeled with fear or anger or whatever. And uh. there was that, a process, and it's so perfect, we were just talking about like depression and a process of depressing. Mm -hmm. It's something kind of similar of like this kind of like shut it down process, which is both like uh. verbal content of like, 
you know, if I had to put words to it, it'd be like, okay, well, don't don't show what you feel, don't like don't feed the drama, don't be the like angry reactive one, like be calm, be rational, and like, yeah, I I and and kind of even at this inner level of like suppressing sens- sensation, yeah, because like don't let it explode, like push it down. And right. That's wow. The right person program. Yeah. And how incredibly powerful to get to see that as part of the process. Because it's having a huge impact, right, on everything about your life. Well, yeah, and I, I feel like something I've looked at as well is, is this experience of depression or this process of depressing and something I've looked at in a past email class and received guidance on was sort of... Um, <laughs> it wasn't the word, the guidance I received, but but sort of what what I'll summarize is sort of like uh, being a victim or like not being enough of like a fighter for her, and I could just see like oh like so what if this is like how this is happening? It's like strong reaction, and then it's like stuff it down, whatever it doesn't matter, like keep going. Um, yeah, I don't, maybe I'm trying to tie things too many things together right now, but just this kind of like. Um, like, you know, the guidance is often to look at something small in quotes and let that reveal what is bigger. And and that was my experience. The conflict was small enough that I was kind of like, you know, is this really a big enough issue? Not really a big deal, whatever. But it it was like the microcosm of the macrocosm. And it's everything, right? I mean, I I actually have goosebumps as I'm hearing you talk about it because... Essentially, what you're describing is that those places where we're so trained to turn away, you know, something like this huge reaction, and then no, 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 stuff it down, it's no big deal, it's no big deal, and that it's no big deal, it's no big deal, is part of the process. But if we, I mean, I project what you're pointing at, is when you start to see each piece of it, it gives you the opportunity to turn straight towards it and actually look at it and be transformed by actually seeing it, not needing to necessarily do anything about it or change or make something different, but just that ability to turn towards it, be with it, and see it. Yeah, because it's like Ashwini will often say, like, hidden in plain sight. And it's like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know exactly. that was part of it. Like, I, I mean, I guess I've yes. lived it over and over again, but it wasn't in my conscious awareness that that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing, you know, I love you started out by saying that you put it on your wall. And the thing that's so powerful about process mapping is that, you know, that's going to happen again and again for all of us with our process maps, right? I mean, first of all, there's an endless number of process maps, but at least in my experience, the more you do them, the more you realize, well, maybe there might actually just be one method process map. <laughs> and all of them are some version of that, right? Just kind of plugging into it. And we get to see more and more and more layers. Like there'll just be a piece like that that you're describing that completely reveals itself as you keep looking at it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely my experience. And then I think without kind of a a strategy to do so, after the workshop, there's been this kind of like awareness where I'll I'll feel like I'm in a similar situation or I feel that emotion. And so there's been Mm -hmm. this kind of exploration of like, 
oh, like I'm feeling mm. that, and, and there's like the wow, that's playbook is like suppressed, like act a certain way. I yep. don't know, but it's like, oh, like what else? You know what I mean? And like, or just yeah, oh, I do. Letting that sensation be there, and like in a work meeting or something. Yep. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't seem to be flying off into a murderous rage, like you know, like or whatever is threatened, like, like <laughs> letting this be, and just like, huh? Yeah. Experiment. Oh, that's exciting, Sandy. That's so exciting. And it's exactly why we call it a process map. Because essentially, it's a map of how, I mean, it's ego's map, right? It's conditioned mind's map of first we're going to move over here, now we're going to move over here, now we're going to move over here, now we're going to move over here. And when we don't have that map, we don't know we're in it, it can just do that to us. But what you're describing is the map is now, you now actually get to see the map also. So, oh, that's where I am. That's where it has me on the map. I don't have to take that left-hand turn now. I actually can choose. Yeah, yeah. And I think of, you know, like the screw tape letters and the conversation that was just happening about, you know, like the the voice of ego and like what is ego doing and is it really trying on this sinister controlling program and um mm-hmm. yeah just like yeah, exactly. seeing the program and being like oh because I think the trickiest part yeah. parts of the program are the ones that kind of masquerade as like the solution to the problem or the good right person thing <sighs> yeah bingo yeah of course that's a good thing yeah being a good person how is that suffering that's not suffering Exactly. Yeah. And I love that. You're you're getting the, the behind the scenes of the master control. You're getting to actually see it. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, I think people outside of practice would think this is sort of extreme or something, but just just kind of like how how, how effectively sinister it is. Yeah. Truly. Truly. Really. Masterminding our moves to create maximum suffering. And it works when we don't see it. Yeah. 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 Well, Sandy, I see we were at our time. Thank you so much for being with us this evening to talk about it. Thank you, Jen. All right. Take good care. Good night. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Sherry. Great. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, Sandy. Let me find everybody in the queue here. And welcome back to Open Air. And Sherry, I give a big thumbs up to process mapping also. It's, it was very oh, helpful yeah. today when I was very identified. So, oh, this ver- on this very day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it really is something. And I love the way... Um, Sandy was pointing at the, the the staying with it, right? And then you just go, then there's the next thing that's revealed and you just stay with that and then the next thing is revealed and you stay with that. And then the next thing, and pretty, pretty soon we're just at depths that we could not have imagined were yeah. available to us. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's the best. Yes, it is. And we have another caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Sure, this is Brad in Maryland. Hey, Brad. Oh, hello, Brad. Hi, guys. What's going on? 
Well, Sherry, you were kind enough as I was starting this period of what's known as a divorce last uh, January or so to speak to me at length. And um, I'm almost over that process. And if it wasn't for practice in that process, I'm not sure if I would have fared as well as I have coming out of it. Yeah. Um, just because yeah. things were so hard that I had nowhere else to turn but to what I knew would really work. Oh, God, Brett, that is so perfect. Well, that is it, isn't it? So I, if, 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 I can, if I can identify with ego and it offers me a way to get by, then I, oh, I'll take it. And then we hit something in life that is so bad, it's so awful, it's so painful, it's so horrible, that, that, that we are willing to go beyond ego's suggestions and actually choose awareness practice. I had to. <laughs> I had to. Right. It's a matter the of wisdom making of it through. You know? Yes, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were certain times where it was recording and listening longer than I ever had, you know, sessions anywhere lasting from 10 to, to 20 minutes to 25 minutes on the recorder, you know, was shifting wow. my attention. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> coming out of this, uh, one of the things that I've realized is it's so easy to get identified with the person that's been through this process and supposedly what was done to me because of the other person's karma in the relationship. Mm. And it has also been a practice of mine to let that go Mm. because holding on to it just doesn't do anything. But the amazing thing is the level of content is just so extreme. You know, egos like, you know, here, we could sit here and go on about this for days, and it's done that lots. But at the same time, I, when I get back to center, I'm like, I just have to let it go. So <clears throat> the most interesting part of all this recently is I, I am now officially divorced, but I'm waiting for my certificate to come through the mail for framing. And, <laughs> but uh, my my uh, ex-wife has told me that the person that she's now seeing is coming here over the holidays, and that you know, with that being the case, my kids are going to meet this person. And mm. my concern with that, and I, you know, again, this is not getting identified with ego. I'm, I'm speaking to her objectively. I said, you know, whatever you do in whatever relationship you have, that's great. What my concern is, is when I looked at when I was a kid and, and what I knew was stability. Now, obviously, stability is an illusion ultimately, but that you were providing kids with some sense of comfort. And I have one that's five and one that's nine. And they've been through so much in this, and I can't, I can't feel guilty about it because that doesn't help. All I can do is be present to their sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But just yeah. dealing with, you know, I, I, I told her I don't know necessarily how I feel about this. You know, the, the, the ink is not dry on the divorce decree at this point, and you want to have the kids now meet someone else that you're involved with. <clears throat> 
So mm. Um, mm. anyway, I don't mm. know if there's anything in terms of just maybe how to look at it. I'm, I'm not trying to suffer over it. My concern is just my kids, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. and uh, how they may interpret that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, as we've talked about uh, in the past, um, the, the best thing that they've got going is how you are. Yeah. Right? And so, because uh, that's what they're going to look to. And if, if, if it's a problem for you, if you're afraid for them, if it's a concern, oh, that's a good point. Then, then, that's, then they're going to be aware of that. Ah. If it's not, because, you know, kids tend to accept um, what, whatever they're presented with. <laughs> I mean, that's the good news and the bad news, right? Right. Um, but it, so, you know, one of the things that I always encourage parents with is, if you want to have happy children, for God's sake, let go of self-hate. Because yeah. if you think you can live in self-hate and not pass that along to your kids, you are living in, a, in delusion, right? And so in that same way, um, for them to see you be all right, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go meet the guy or, you know, have dinner with them or anything else, but for it not to be a problem for you, it would, can indicate for them that they don't need to have a problem. They can have their own experience, you right. know, and they're, they're always, they're always going to prefer dad. Um, however, that doesn't need to affect their relationship with you or even their relationship with their mother, right? Because yeah. their mother is their mother and their dad is their dad and they're not living together any longer and they're doing whatever they're doing in their lives. But as far as the kids are concerned, dad is still dad and mom is still mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And the only thing I suggested to her, and to be honest, I don't know what really could be provided by a therapist. I was just going to say, you know, because we do have the kids going to see someone to talk about their feelings, to be supportive. And I just said to her, you know, maybe you want to confer with her what her perspective on it might be. And that's, you know, the, the plans aren't going to change at this point. I'm not suffering about it. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, oh, go. So, um, yeah. you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you're, you're aware of it and you're sensitive to it. And, and what that's going to do, of course, is make you uh, more sensitive to your kids. Not to project onto them, although how do we stop doing that? I don't know. I've never been successful. But to do our best not to be projecting onto them, but just to be aware of, of what they might be looking at. And, yeah. and again, it's so, um, you know, the kids get signals early on about what it's okay to talk about and what it's not okay to talk about. Yeah. And that's one of those places where, um, you know, if you're, if you're all right with whatever is going on, uh, to the degree that you can't, I mean, whatever you've got going on internally, but it, with them, uh, then they're going to feel more comfortable being able to talk about whatever is going on with them, and that can be a great comfort too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and think... the main message, Brad, of course, is, uh, as we were just <laughs> talking about, well, we always talk about, I guess, but 
that whatever is going on with you is okay. Whatever is going on with us is okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong, right. And uh, it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with how we act or what we say. Alan Watts does such a great job with that, you know, where he talks about the bag of skin and that everything within the bag of skin, it's fine. It's fine. It's all fair game. We make choices about what happens outside the bag of skin um, and in large part because what happens outside the bag of skin tends to come with a lot of karma. And and we don't always want that karma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still dealing with that myself. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, of course, you're going to, for a long time, about these circumstances, you're going to have all kinds of feelings and reactions and stuff going on, of course. Yeah, if I were to listen to ego right now, it would tell me that I haven't done enough with the New Year's. I mean, I haven't done enough with the annual retreat because I've been learning how to take care of two kids. I mean, there's two different ways I can look at my practice right now. And the way in which I'm trying to convey it from heart and from center is it has helped me through this. And I just wanted to state that because I think it's really important to acknowledge it. So, Oh, absolutely. And what's also important is not to listen to those same voices uh, trying to have an opinion about that. They don't need to have an opinion about you, about the kids, about your ex-wife, about right. whoever she's seeing. Yeah, exactly. Ego doesn't need to have an opinion about any of it. No, it doesn't. Amen. Right on. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> well, it's great talking to you, Sherry. It's nice to hear your voice. And you, Brad. Okay. And you. Take care. Take care. All Good right. Show. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Brad. And Sherry, I I could definitely see how the kids look to me. And if I'm okay with the situation, then it's easier for them to be okay with that also. Yes. And and that piece, too, of, uh, again, you know this because we've spent a lot of time talking about kids. But, um, you, you know, the idea that we need to present to our kids an unemotional um front in order for them to feel safe and and that sort of thing but we don't have to look very far to realize that's nuts because they're feeling all kinds of things and the message they're getting is the right way to be is not to feel anything and so can we model yeah exactly what we just talked about with brad i have all kinds of feelings i have all kinds of feelings and that's okay now i'm going to look at how i want to behave what I want to say. Those are two very, very different things. And we don't have, going back to B, we don't have to, um, uh, not, not really, but our, my conversation with her, we don't have to depress what's going on with us in order to be okay. In fact, we can have it all, feel it all, say it all, especially to the recorder, <laughs> and um, have a full range of human experiences and then decide how we want to behave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's critical. Yeah. To see it all and then to have enough presence to be a choice about what I want to say or communicate. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, if I want to scream, it, you know, uh, with my, all my stuff, uh, with anger and rage and all of that, you know, you've you got a lot of feelings about something, you, you know, you can go to a batting cage or you can go split firewood or dig a ditch or whatever you want to do uh, and, and let all of that be and experience all of it, have all of it, and then again, you decide how you want to behave. No problem. Yes. Yeah. And the last thing that really struck me from your conversation with Brad was the idea that somehow um, I'm going to live in self-hatred and that's not going to affect my kids. Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll act on the surface as if there's nothing going on. And of course, right. kids who can read us like a book are just looking at, huh, <laughs> huh, okay. So in this case, you know, there's all that stuff going on with dad, but clearly yeah. it's important to him that we pretend that it's not. So <laughs> let's all pretend that it's not. And, oh, it's so painful. Whereas if we could just let ourselves express what's going on and, and be honest about it and then be all right with it. That's where I always talk about being Italian, you know. Just have all of your emotions and, um, and enjoy all of your emotions and then make your choices. Yes, yes. And we have another caller here, Sherry. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you introduce yourself? Hi. This is Amy from North Carolina. Hey. hey. Amy, did you say? Yeah, Amy, sorry. Amy, hi. Hey. I just kind of occurred to me to get on the queue um, listening to that last caller. Um, I don't even know why. It just kind of slipped into my head, but I was just thinking about um, my young adult children and a lot of their friends and acquaintances. Um, you know, I'm talking like 19, 21 age range and they all have the similar kind of slow to launch um i don't know i you know they're not some of them are working some of them are not working some are taking a class or two some aren't taking classes or going to college so I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, in my mind, I, from what I did was I felt pressured. I had to go to college full-time. I had to work part-time. And, you know, I'm trying to let them all find their own way, but I can't help, you know, in the back of my mind feel anxious <laughs> about it. Like, oh, we're going to... um kind of get a move on but I don't like to put a lot of pressure on them because you know I don't know if it's just my conditioning that's that's um you know the well problem. Let, let me ask you this Amy are, are, yeah. are you are you concerned that they're that they're unhappy um no not right now. They all seem to be fairly happy, which I know is more important than anything. Uh-huh. So, 
I I guess I'm just, you know, I'm kind of a laid-back mom, kind of try to let them find their own way, and, you know, I'm not like, you have to do this, this, and this. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, just kind of curious, you know, am I not... <sighs> Am I not putting enough pressure on them? Am I not, you know, doing well, it, enough? Okay, let, 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 me, let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Because pressure, you know, we can all say, yeah. hmm, no, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like the, 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 really the answer. Uh, right. but, but perhaps um, to, to wonder if, if there's something uh, that they need. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I offer a lot of, you know, kind of guidance and, you know, I don't know if that's what you mean or... Well, do you feel like you have a sense of what's going on with them? Um, somewhat, not 100%. I'd say yes and no. Do you support there, them, Amy? Financially, yeah. You mean n- no? Two of them live with me, but they, you know, have their own money and, um, you know, are paying like a car payment or things like that. So I guess I'm just, I don't know. I'm just kind of perplexed at it, like. I, and it seems to be a common theme among this age group. And I don't know if it's just the ones that I'm running into or their friends or their acquaintances, but I just, I guess I just wanted well, to get... When you, when you talk to them, what, yeah. what do you project is their, is their deal? I mean, do they, do they talk about uh, the state of the world or, um, you know, uh, that uh, one of the things that that we've noticed uh, Mm -hmm. uh, not being their age is that uh, the world that we live in is very different Mm -hmm. from the world they live in. I mean, just the the thing that, you know, the the generation now, I don't know where that generation Mm -hmm. starts, but they won't live as long. They won't earn as much money. They won't, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of them will never be able to own a house, and some of the things that are seen as uh, American standards, um, you know, right. ways that things are, it's not going to be the case for them. Do are they aware of that? Do they? Yes, is there an they're awareness aware of, of, of not having the same ambitions, or that the that way of life that's so familiar to us is really not available to them or any of that sort of thing? Well, I think they're, yeah, they're definitely aware of it, but it's not like a common topic we discuss, you know, a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, like one of my daughters has anxiety and, you know, she kind of, has puts a lot of pressure on herself to perform and if she doesn't do well she kind of um gives up almost but i mean they all have their own little thing that they kind of fall into Specialty. but 
Yes. <laughs> and I guess I guess I'm just trying to sort through it all and, you know, give them guidance, but sometimes I'm kind of skating around different issues and um I don't know. It's just I guess I'm just trying to I, I don't well, you don't have an answer, you, but mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Amy. Mm-hmm. You, how much of this, here's, here's the good, hard, spiritual question. Mm-hmm. How much of this do you do instead of addressing your own issues? Um, not that much. <laughs> I'm usually on my issues. Like, I'm usually about, you know, what I'm doing, and I try to let them sort, you know, sort through their lives. I, you know, I'm here for guidance, always, you know, checking in, but um, I am not wrapped up in what they're doing, like a helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems good, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. I just, sometimes I think I don't... Um. I don't know. I just, I kind of thought, well, am I, you know, did I not put enough pressure on them or, I don't know. I just, I know that can backfire too. And it's not like everybody has to go a certain way. It's more like, you know, nobody seems to have a plan, just maybe. (laughs) And Uh I think I'm just kind of, we've all kind of evolved into this new you know, age, and now I'm kind of like, okay, now what, you know? The the now what being, um, it, there, so, it, if we How were to... How do I to, be a parent now, you know, because it's different than uh-huh. when they were in high school or, you know, Well, totally uh, but dependent. Amy, what you're saying leads me to think you don't need to be a parent now. They don't seem to be having problems. They right. seem to be, um, you know, making their own choices and going in their own direction and and mm-hmm. uh, all of those sorts of things. So maybe there's nothing to be concerned about? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I just... Maybe. <laughs> maybe. If, <laughs> maybe if they need something, they'll let you know. Right. It sounds like you have that kind of relationship with them. And so right. it might be, uh, you know, a matter of ego would like you to be concerned about something rather than just being able to enjoy your life. Right. And them. Right. Right. No, I agree. I guess I, you know, it's, First, like earlier this year, I was a little bit more probably wrapped up in the ego. Like, what are my kids doing? They're not, you know, doing ABC. They're, you know, doing XYZ or whatever. They're kind of, I don't know. It's just like free range, you know. They're just doing what they want to do. And it's not like they're not like, you know, sitting around all day and asking me for money or anything like that. It's not like it's impeding on my life. I don't mind having them, 
you know, live in my home because I, I know it's a lot to get out and, you know, cover those expenses as long as they're, you know, putting in effort and, you know, adding to, you know, helping around the house and contributing. So, I don't know. I, maybe you know what my it sounds like ego. to me? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what it sounds like to me, Amy, is um, that that you have great kids and yeah. uh, and you're probably all just fine. And okay. that, that can be that can be a part, uh, you know, then ego needs to stir something up to see, yeah. if, to see if we can get something going here, get a little <laughs> unhappiness going, a little, little dissatisfaction, and maybe <laughs> just not go along with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. And, and, you hit the nail on you know, the head. It, it, well, and, you know, it, it is good to... It is good to check in because, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and obviously, I don't know this. I'm just speculating from from what you've been telling me. But, um, you know, when, when ego's starting to, trying to make that kind of trouble for us, it's always mm-hmm. good to just sort of say it out loud and have it reflected back a little bit and get to that place of, mm, yeah, <laughs> I, I, right. I, don't, I don't think we have a problem here. I think, I think we're okay. Right, right. No, you're right. I mean, the oldest one, who I never thought would move out of the house, moved out of the house last year to to Washington, to your neck of the woods. So I guess it just, yeah, it just all kind of, you know, happened. So, and I kind of let him figure it out. In his own time, he decided what he wanted to do, and now he's doing that. And so yeah. uh, as far as I can tell then, Amy, that means that you'll probably be out here visiting us before long, which is, yes. you know, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, definitely. It's on my bucket list to get out there. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Excellent. All right. Well, All right. enjoy. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Amy. Good night. All right. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Amy. And Sherry, I, I also found that whole conversation fascinating, and that idea that uh, something that I'm wrapped up is wrapped up in is actually not a problem after all. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we check in. It's every everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, we're good. And mm-hmm. and again, you know, I know I have this paranoid sound to to uh, everything, but ego doesn't like that. That it's that's not that's not a good life plan for ego. So it is important that we check in and see it is is this really an issue or is this just ego trying to make trouble where there isn't any um, any any trouble. So it's good. Thank you, Sherry. And that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, it's been fabulous. And I'm really grateful to be here and for you to be here and everyone else also. All of us together. It's the best. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Go happy. Go happy.